Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches on prayer with thanksgiving. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Philippians chapter 4. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we delight and thrive in your word that tells us that you do not Treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Thank you for your promise. Cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. He loves you. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Praying with thanksgiving. That's what I'm going to preach this morning from Philippians chapter 4, 6, and 7. Friends, gratitude is in short supply today. It seems that thanksgiving is in inverse proportion to mercy and favors received. Meaning, the more you help someone, the more they hate you. People demand and demand more. They murmur and complain. We don't like when people don't thank you for favors done for them. How much more God is angry at unthankful people who exist because of his grace. Ingratitude chokes, chokes off future favors. In some cultures, thanksgiving is a foreign idea. People of certain cultures consider giving thanks a shame. Such unthankfulness is frequently seen nowadays in Western culture also. Recently, you read in 2 Chronicles 24 that King Joash murdered his cousin Zechariah, who was a priest and a prophet, who was sent to the king to speak the word of God to him, the word of grace, the word of salvation, whose father Jehoiada and mother Jehosheba saved his life when he was an infant and in due time made him king in Judah. You know what he did to him? He stoned him to death. And we read about Jesus Christ who went about doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, teaching the way of salvation. They crucified him. We live in an unthankful world. In Romans 1 verse 21, we are told unbelievers are unthankful. 
David exhorts himself by saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That is, the Lord provides for all our spiritual and physical needs. Therefore, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let us all together praise the Lord. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. This morning we consider Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Praying, as I said, with thanksgiving. And we note three things. First is prohibition. Second is prescription. Third is promise. Prohibition of fretting, worrying, being anxious. Prescription of prayer with thanksgiving. And promise of heavenly peace. First prohibition. Maiden Merimnate. The Greek text is saying, you are worrying now, stop worry. Stop it now. This is not a suggestion, it is a divine command to all worrying Christians. We worry for various reasons. Sickness. Financial losses, death of the loved ones, divorce, wicked children in the family, betrayal of trusted friends. We worry about future. We worry about marriage. We worry about family. We worry about examinations. When people insult us, we worry. When persecute us, we worry. Falsely say all kinds of evil against us, we worry. We worry about loneliness. And we worry about the prospect of imminent death. As Christians, we worry. We fret. We become anxious. We lie down, but we cannot sleep. It is like when a compass is hit. The needle shakes and moves to and fro. And not point to north. But soon it will point to north. So also as Christians when shaken by troubles. We get very anxious. But then we look to God. And he steadies us. Stop worrying. Says our God. And this is a negative command. And this is a divine command. This is father's command. So children of God obeys our heavenly father's command. When God says repent, we repent. When God says to rejoice, we rejoice. When God says to forgive, we forgive. When God tells us to work six days a week, we work six days a week. When God says love your wife, we love our wife. When God says children obey your parents, we obey 
our parents. When he commanded Abram to sacrifice his only son Isaac, he obeyed. Our Heavenly Father commands us negatively and positively. We, his children, obey him instantly, exactly, and gladly. So this morning, your Heavenly Father is commanding you and me, Stop worrying. Stop it now. It is God who is speaking to us in the Holy Scriptures. Worrying is a self-centered and counterproductive occupation. It is a sign of our lack of trust in our living Lord and in his wise providence. St. Paul was acquainted with the teaching of Jesus as found in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. The word merim now, to worry, appears six times in that passage. And Jesus tells us to stop worrying three times. In that passage, chapter 6, verse 25 and 31 and 34. Stop worrying, friend. Jesus is not advocating laziness or lack of planning. The Bible exhorts a lazy Christian not to eat. A lazy man is a disobedient man. A wicked man, an arrogant man. He disobeys God's law that tells him to work hard six days a week. We must plan. We must study hard. We must labor six days a week. But God prohibits us from worrying. Constant worrying. Don't let worry constantly control your heart and thought and imaginations and reasonings. This may happen. That may happen. Stop such godless reasonings. Worry is... Unconscious blasphemy, says Professor Rolf Martin. Unconscious blasphemy. Stop worrying about anything. Big thing or very small thing. There is no divine authorization for us to worry about even one thing. Worrying people are not true Christians. They are third soil, fruitless Christians. And so we read in Mark verse 4, 18 and 19, still others like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the anxieties of this life, worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things, Come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Worries of stuff. They believe that life consists in stuff. Abundance of stuff. And Jesus said in Luke 21 verse 34, Be careful or your hearts will be weighted down in the dissipation." Drunkenness and the anxieties of this life. 
And that day will close in on you unexpectedly like a trap. Like what happened in the great flood and in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Friends, use logic, use arguments against sinful worries. Arguments which Jesus gave in Matthew 6. Number one, God is our heavenly father. Number two, we are his dear children. Number three, father provides for his children. We are told if you don't provide for your family, you are worse than an infidel. It is the father's job to provide for his family. If this is the case, how much more our heavenly father will provide for his children. Number four, he knows that we need food, clothing, and clothing to sustain our God-given being. Number five, he cares for lesser things of his creation, birds and flowers. Number six, we are more valuable to the Father than birds and flowers. We are created in his image and we are redeemed at the cost of his son's death. Number seven, believe in his promise that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you as well. Friends, that means focus your attention on God and his kingdom. Such a focus shall cure your worry. Stop worrying, friends. Stop it now. God commands you. And number two, prescription. God's positive command. Prayer with thanksgiving. It says, but in everything. A very strong contrast to worrying. Stop worrying about anything but in everything and there is no limit bring to God all matters that give you fearful fretting that make you anxious bring to God very small issues as well as very big issues stop the negative worrying and start the positive step of living solving problems That trouble us. Martha was worried about many things. And we are like Martha. But Jesus said only one thing is needful. That is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But in everything with prayer. The Greek word is prosuke. This deals with our reverential attitude when we come to God in prayer. We are not the center of the universe. When we come to God, we forget about ourselves and our problems. 
Hey, we are coming to a greater reality. The ultimate reality. The eternal God. We are to forget about ourselves and concentrate on him. Concentrate on God, the Holy One, the Mighty One, the Sovereign Lord, the Compassionate One, the Glorious One, our Heavenly Father. We are to say, in other words, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. No murmuring, no complaining permitted. You do not question his wise providence. Paralyzing anxiety cannot coexist with prayer. And we come to God. How? Having repented of our sins. Having forgiven our brothers. Living in peace with God's people. Having been reconciled to our brothers. The Bible says, prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we come to God in true faith. When we come to God, we must believe God is, God exists. He is the ultimate reality. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not perfunctorily, superficially. Beware. That you are coming to the great king of the universe. We come to him without also cherishing secret sins. Psalm 66 verse 18 and 19. If I had cherished sin in my heart. The Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Let me tell you, friends, when God commands to forgive, when God commands to be reconciled, and you say no, and you come to God, and he will never hear your prayer. You can go from church to church to church to church. It will not happen. You disobeyed his command. Your prayer will never arrive. Into the very presence of God. Until you get right with God. Isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2. Surely the arm of the Lord is not short to save. Nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. So that he will not hear. God is hearing all the time. But he will not hear the prayer of a sinner who refused to repent. We come to God to pray according to God's will revealed in the Bible. We don't rush to his presence demanding that he pay attention to our demands. You may do that with your parents. But not with heavenly father. Prosuke. The Greek word. Has to do with worship. Adoration. Attitude. Reverential approach. To the glorious majesty. Of our God. 
So we read in Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne of grace, the throne of grace, with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. For Hebrews 10, beginning with verse 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence... To enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Our sin problem has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. Let us draw near to God. With a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And having our bodies washed with pure water. Friends, be God focused. You have come into his presence. Thank God that he welcomes you in the name of his son. Come as a humble creature redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Come as children of the heavenly father. And... Holy as holy brothers of Jesus Christ, the Holy One. And we are told, come with prayer and supplication. What is supplication? Supplication has to do with our lowly status. Our humility. We come as the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. She acknowledged that she was a dog. And yet has right to the crumbs from the table of her master. Come, as blind Bartimaeus, come crying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. That is King Jesus, save me. Come, as the leper came, I know you are able to heal leprosy. You are the Messiah. But I do not know whether you are willing to heal this leper. What did God say? I am willing. That's supplication. Come ask the publican. Lord have mercy upon me. A sinner. That's supplication. Come with thanksgiving. Eucharistia. The Greek background of. Thanksgiving is giving thanks to grace received, which makes one rejoice. Eucharistia became the name for the Lord's Supper service in the second century AD. We thank God for Christ's atoning sacrifice, which is the basis of our salvation. That's why we give thanks to God. We come to God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, sir. God will not hear the prayer of an ungrateful person. Gratitude is a necessary ingredient in effectual prayer. We come to God thanking for past mercies. We come to God even thanking him for the present trials which are for our good. The acronym for prayer is ACTS, A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. 
Friends, thanksgiving stimulates trust in God for future mercies. As I said, ingratitude chokes off future favors. Thank God for our existence, our being. Being is better than non-being. Existence is better than non-existence. Thanking parents and grandparents. God made us fearfully and wonderfully in the womb of our mother. It is God who did it. Thanking our physical family. Thanking our Christian family. More enduring than the physical family. Thanking for the church. Thanking for food, clothing, shelter, medicine, job, health. Thanking above all for eternal life in Jesus Christ. Thanking for the Bible, the spiritual GPS. Thanking for this country. Thanking for peace. Thanking for children. Thanking for pastors. Who declare without fear the word of God. And the Bible uses thanksgiving for these following ways. It tells us pagans, every unbeliever is unthankful. He thanks himself every day. When he lives off of God's common grace, he thanks himself. The Bible says our attitude should be always thanksgiving. Ephesians 5.4 We are to give thanks to God for our daily food. We have to thank for God the Father who planned our salvation. We thank for Jesus Christ. We thank for fellow believers. We thank when we eat food. We thank for the bread and wine representing Jesus Christ, our atoning sacrifice. We thank when we pray every time. We are told to have overflowing thankfulness. Not trickling a little bit. Overflowing rivers of thankfulness. We are to thank always and we are to thank for all things, not only good but also troublesome. So we thank God before we submit new petitions for him to deal with. Professor Gordon D. Fee tells us about Thanksgiving in this way. Thanksgiving is explicit acknowledgement of creatureliness and dependence. A recognition that everything comes as a gift. A verbalization before God of his goodness and generosity. Thanksgiving is the basic posture of the believer. And the proper context of petitioning. Gratitude acknowledges and begets generosity. Make your requests known to God. Requests. We come to God with a list. Ta aite mata help come on. Your list. Psalm 55, 22 and 23 says, Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. And St. Peter tells, 
Cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. And Jesus said, come unto me, those who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will take that burden off of your shoulders and in place you will receive peace, rest, tranquility. Hallelujah. Freedom, liberation. Bring everything that causes you fearful anxiety, everything to God. As a child comes to the father with his problems and father solves those problems. You come to his presence in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Tell him about the lists you have. You take a list to the grocery store. Take a list to God in prayer. And as you come in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to make your request known to him, he smiles at you. And he asks, what do you want me to do for you? Then you give him all the items in the list. In the Septuagint, Psalm 37, verse 4, is rendered, Ta itemata tes cardias homon. The items of your heart, which is translated, God gives you the desires of your heart. Items. The friend who did not have any bread to give to his friend who came to him at night went to his other friend and asked for. This is what item. Item means specificity, clarity. What do you want? Not some general saying. Three loaves of bread. And he got three loaves. Be specific in your request to God. The more specific your request, the greater your faith in God. You don't go to a grocery store and ask for some food. You are specific. The Syrophoenician woman asked for healing for her daughter. The blind Bartimaeus, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do? I want to see. And the leper came and said, I want cleansing. Daniel and friends prayed all night. And the specific request was, reveal to us the dream you gave to the king and also give us its interpretation. By morning, they got the answer to that specific request. St. Paul prayed, O Lord, remove this thorn in my flesh. The disciples said, Lord, save us for we are drowning. If you are not specific, you are not trusting. It is a ceremonial, liturgical, external, religious, religiosity. And then we are told, let your request be made known to God. You have entered into his presence. You and God in the closet. What a privilege it is to come to God's presence. He welcomes you. He asks you, how can I help you today? Then tell him, make known to him who is able. Articulate in supplication. 
He knows your needs already. Jesus said your heavenly father knows. Yet he requires that you come to him. And make known to him your needs. Thus showing your faith in God. Go to him directly. Not through some saints. Not through Mary the core redemptrix. Go to him directly through Jesus. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for this access we have. To God the Father himself. Speak to him clearly. Pour out your heart to him. Instead of worrying. Prayer with thanksgiving is the antidote for all worrying. Sennacherib, you remember, was going to swallow up Judah and Hezekiah. And he received a threatening letter from the great king. Hezekiah went to the temple and spread the letter before the God of the temple. God, you have a threatening letter from Sennacherib. He is going to destroy us, your people. Please help us. And he sent one angel who killed 185,000 of his soldiers. And so he retreated to Assyria without shooting even one arrow against Jerusalem. Make known your request to God. And Daniel did it three times a day, morning and noon and evening. Make known, not by vain repetition. The prayer of people of all religions is vain repetition to dumb idols. Only prayer to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is true prayer. Don't mumble, be intelligent, articulate. Hannah did articulate even though Eli thought it differently. Hannah did articulate and God heard her prayer and gave this barren woman several children. Don't fret. Stop it. Start praying with thanksgiving. Number three, the promise of divine peace. Notice God does not promise to answer all your requests in the affirmative. Paul prayed for Trophimus who was sick. That he be healed. But God didn't heal him. So Paul left him sick at Miletus. Timothy had stomach problems. But he was. The prayer was not heard. He was not healed. He was asked to drink a little wine. Paul prayed three times to remove his thorn in the flesh. God did not remove it. God always. Hear our prayers, our requests, and grants what is ultimately good for us. He will grant all our requests if they are in accordance with his will and result in our spiritual benefit. His ultimate purpose in our eternal election is to make us holy and blameless, not to make us rich and powerful. His purpose is to make us like his son. That we may enjoy eternal life with him. What does he promise in this text? He guarantees superabounding peace of God. Divine supernatural peace. To guard our hearts and minds. He stops our worrying. 
God is the God of peace. Christ is the Prince of Peace. The fruit of the Spirit is not worry but peace. So we read in Isaiah 26 and verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on thee. Because, why? He trusts in you. He relies on you. He leans on you. He has no plan B. You are the only plan, the only savior, the only deliverer, the only healer. And Isaiah 32, verse 17 says, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. And John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives Don't trust when presidents and kings offer you peace. Then they see peace and safety. Sudden destruction will come. They can offer you nothing. They can offer only fleeting peace. But here peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. God promises to still our shaking hearts. He keeps us in the center of the hurricane. He keeps us in the center of Christ. We are in Christ. We are in the Father. We are in the Holy Ghost. The environment cannot shake us. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever, my Lord, thou hast taught me to pray, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. He gives us rivers of peace. Peace that is beyond our comprehension. Who can understand God's love and peace? Who can measure its depth and height, length and breadth? Forget about understanding. They come to us. They are sent to us to do a job. To steady our hearts and thoughts. To Cause our heart to be focused on God who sent his son to die for us on the cross. The peace of God redirects our thinking and feeling to the very heart of our heavenly father. And we read, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not along with him graciously give us all things? Or Romans 5 verse 10, for if when we were God's enemies, 
We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved in and through and with his life? Undying life. God's peace guards our hearts and thoughts from worrying. It acts as a sentry, garrison, a sentinel, as Roman soldiers guarded the city of Philippi from all enemies. And the Philippians have seen them doing it. Romans in Philippi, they were far from Rome. So also we are far from our home. We are citizens of heaven. But we are living here. But don't worry. The peace of God that passes all human understanding. Will ensure that your heart is steady. Your heart believes. Your heart hopes in God. Hallelujah. God himself will guard our mind. Our emotion. Our will. Our conscience and our imagination. He prevents evil and unbelieving thoughts to invade our hearts and make us worry and fret and fear. So what happens? We are at peace within ourselves. And we lie down and we do good to sleep. Remember Peter in prison, chained to soldiers. He was to be executed in the morrow. But look at him, friends. Look at him. Peace of God is guarding his heart and mind. Look at him. He is sound asleep. That is peace that passes all human understanding. It comes to you when they arrest you. And bring to authorities. Because you are a Christian. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Peace. It comes to you when you are about to die. It came to Stephen, Peter, Paul. And all martyrs of God, fear not, I am with you, peace is the calm after Calvary's storm. That is over. The Calvary's storm is over, so we have peace now and forevermore. The disciples were in the boat. There arose a great storm. They prayed a great prayer. And Jesus brought about a great calm. He gives you great peace. God is peace and he is with us. He gives us grace. Grace that is sufficient to live with and die with. And peace that is sufficient to live with and die with. He guarantees peace, friends. He promises grace. Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus never fails. This peace of God, this peace of Christ, this peace of the Holy Spirit will rule our hearts and calm our souls. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace forevermore. And so Philippians chapter 1 and verse 2 says, Grace and peace be with you. 
Where there is grace, there is peace. Where there is peace, there is grace. And all coming from the Father and the Son. Hallelujah. This peace is available. Friends, notice only to those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christo Jesus. Outside Christ there is storm and worry and death and hell and misery and hopelessness. Inside Christ there is life, there is peace and there is joy. Thank God we are in Christ. By faith in Jesus Christ so we enjoy life and peace and joy. Unbeliever can only worry because he is without God therefore without hope and without peace. And I tell you Stop worrying. And stop it now. Whatever the reason, stop it. Stop worrying if you are a child of God. It is God's command. Start praying. It's God's command. Bring your petitions to God. Make them known to God. He will give you grace and peace. Forget about yourselves. Concentrate on him. Anxiety and prayer are more opposed to each other than fire and water. Where there is prayer, there is no anxiety. Prayer casts out all worries. So let us live a life of divine peace. Only a believer can pray. Only a believer is in Christ. From Christ alone flows all spiritual blessings. So, friends, if you are not a Christian or if you are a backslidden one, don't worry. Thank God you came. Call upon the name of the Lord. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Be in Christ and enjoy the rivers of peace and grace and life and joy for now and forevermore. Heavenly Father, we pray you help us to pray. Help us, O Lord, not to worry. You have not called us to worry. You have called us to have peace. How can we have fellowship with God and worry? Worrying is an offense to your honor. So, God, teach us to pray. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio with this message entitled Prayer with Thanksgiving. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.